All right. Um, episode twenty eight, twenty seven. Twenty. I think it's twenty seven. Why? Um, when did Star Wars start sucking? Hmm. Or, say... or I guess, um, uh, you know, when when did the cracks in the franchise start? Well, I mean, if you're somebody if you're people like us, you immediately point to the se- the prequels, right? Yeah. I think most people would agree that the prequels were the most, uh, I, I think it's the most uh, public and the most uh, widely known um, nadir of the franchise. But I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, as we as we uh, talk in this episode, there's there's been plenty b- before and since then that are just as uh, contentious. Absolutely, absolutely. But when it comes to Star Wars, though, it's like you could pinpoint moments in any of the films where it's just like, oh, really? They did that? Yeah. Um, and even uh, and even some of the sacred cows of the franchise are not safe and it's a, it's a fun exercise for me to like pick out which, uh, which films, uh, and which moments I have problems with. And, um, also when we talk about the prequels, I'm going to, I'm going to try to defend some aspects, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll try and defend some, uh, some aspects as well, but Oh, God. If my frustration starts to boil over in this episode, then I apologize in advance. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to do things a little differently this time around. We're going we're gonna to start with, I guess, uh, well, this is going to come out before um, the, the Han Solo movie uh, comes out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, basically from the most recent movie to... Um, the first Star Wars movie, or up to the first, because, yeah. Right. So, let's go with uh, with Last Jedi. Easily yeah. the most decisive Star Wars film ever made. Yeah, uh, divisive, probably. Yeah. No, divisive, that's what I meant. Did I say divisive or decisive? <laughs> he said decisive. Holy shit, I am I apologize, <laughs> folks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I met up with a friend of mine earlier for a happy hour. You might be hearing some of the effects of that. So <laughs> I I meant I meant to say uh I meant to say uh, divisive. Yeah. Um I guess also it made the most money um from the newer it Star did, Wars ones. Yeah. But uh, what's everyone What's everyone actually complaining about? Is that they didn't like the uh, the treatment of uh, Luke Skywalker? I think the number one beef was that, yeah, um, I guess the Luke Skywalker in the movie does not match up with the Luke Skywalker in their imagination. And mm-hmm. I, I do see where they're coming from because there's like 40 years of Star Wars Expanded Universe material where... Luke yeah. Skywalker actually fucks and has a child named Ben Skywalker. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he he gets like a bunch of you know Jedi children. But well, um, we'll we'll talk about this more when we talk about Force Awakens. But I don't know. I mean, you know the 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 sequel trilogy already starts with the premise that Luke Skywalker is missing and he has to be brought back. So. That's literally the first line from the opening text scroll of Force Awakens. Yeah. So Luke Skywalker is missing. Yeah. And it's what else are you are you going to go with with that premise um, besides, you know, Luke as a hermit, just like his mentor. Right. Because he sensed that his nephew was going to be the one to uh, destroy the galaxy. Yeah. He was like. You know, sneaking to his nephew's room at night, feeling him, feeling him up, and it's just like he hears screams in his uh, mind, and he's like, "Yeah, I have to kill this boy." But then he's like, "Wait, if I do that, I'm just as bad as as the Sith." Yes. So, but then Ben sees that, aka Kylo Ren, and basically just destroys the entire uh, a Jedi uh, Academy. The Jedi Temple. Yeah. He's just um, like, yeah, I know I'm evil, and fuck you, I'm doing this anyway. Boom! I guess also they didn't really, uh, well, I, yeah, I guess they didn't really establish whether everyone, um, every other student is dead, or they turned to the, to, Kyla, uh, to the Knights of Ren, who have not <laughs> appeared since the since the uh, dream, the vision sequence of Force Awakens, so right, maybe it'll appear in Episode Nine. Well, you never know. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens. It's another, it's another year away. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, and you're still hoping for a full-on uh, Ray uh, Kylo Ren uh, fuckfest. Oh yeah, um, you know, in Star Wars. <laughs> After the cra- the opening crawl, it's it's like cuts down to like the 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 stars, and then like you see a ship like slowly entering view. Uh huh. Yeah, it's episode nine is that, but it's like Kylo Ren's dick slowly entering uh, Ray's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might want to talk to uh to Brazzers about that or Vivid. Yeah. I think digital. Playground actually has, um, I don't know if it's Last Jedi or Force Awakens or maybe both. Um, it might, be but both, yeah, there's to be a, <laughs> there's there's a there's a bunch of porn parodies out there for those so inclined. Why am I not surprised? Because of course. <laughs> because of course. <laughs> um, they got a they got a profit over this nerd money, which. We'll, we'll we'll expand on that when we talk about some of the other aspects of the Star Wars franchise. Yes. But yeah, um, I guess beyond the Luke Skywalker story, uh, some of the other story threads they also didn't um, particularly like, such as um, Finn and um, Rose. Rose going to Space Vegas and... Uh, <laughs> Trying to get Justin Thoreau, but have to settle no, for uh, Benicio, Benicio del, del Toro. Toro. 
hey, you know what? Any movie that has Benicio Del Toro is a win. Yeah. And it's not just Benicio Del Toro. It's literally Fenster from Usual Suspects. Yes. <laughs> I'm, expect- I'm expecting him at any point to say, like, you know, hey, give me the keys, you cocksucker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, li- it's, ex- it's the exact same character just transplanted into the Star Wars <laughs> galaxy. <laughs> now I got to go back and watch the usual suspects again because yeah. I I need to see the similarities. Yeah. Well, you know, there's uh <clears throat> people didn't like it because um well there's the the you know, the aspect of like the quote unquote forced romance and I'm going to I'm going to say more about that. But also like it seems like everything they did was for nothing, but Right. Before people forget, um, Empire Strikes Back, even all the way back in the 80s, it also ended with a sub in a, in a subplot that basically ends with nothing happening and the heroes failing, which uh-huh. is, uh, you know, Harrison Ford meets Billy D and Lando Billy betrays D. them. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I understand why they did this it's kind of his uh kind of ryan johnson's uh, homage to to empire but also like really making it his own as well yeah um and i guess the other thing uh this this is less of a bigger beef than the others but um they were also upset that uh you know, Supreme Leader Snoke basically got killed um, two-thirds yeah. of the way into the movie. And they were expecting exactly. some grandiose backstory or something that reveals, you know, how this alien got in charge of, like, uh, basically the first racist uh, space Nazis. Uh, pretty much. But, yeah, I was confused by that whole thing. It's like, who exactly are you? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. You're voiced by a uh, by Andy Serkis, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But uh, who exactly are you, and how do you have so much control over Kylo Ren? Are you supposed to be like a substitute for the Emperor? Is this what we're dealing with here? I think so, because again, people forget that there is a I think it was a 19 year gap between the. Um, original trilogy and the prequels but basically the emperor showed up in uh episode six and dies about 15 minutes after he was on screen right which again they didn't explain anything about the emperor back then and really he he, he didn't even have a name until the prequel trilogy Right, uh, Darth Sidious. Yeah, he was or literally Emperor called Sidious. the Emperor. They didn't even call him Emperor Palpatine until, well, you find I, out he's Senator Palpatine in Episode One, and then he becomes the never, Emperor in Episode Three. I never knew his name was uh, his first name was Sheev Palpatine. Yeah, that's uh, that's also revealed in probably the novels or the comics, uh, but yeah. So Probably, I guess uh, yeah. the the Snoke fans out there, they're just going to have to wait for the expanded universe stuff to fill in the gaps. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I guess the fanboys also didn't appreciate uh, the uh, the dynamic between uh, what's her name between uh, between Poe uh, Dameron and uh, what is uh, and Laura oh Dern. Vice Admiral and Laura Dern's a uh, Vice Admiral uh, Holdo. Yeah. Um, I guess that's understandable, but um, at the same time, uh, him and Ray, they're the two characters that go through a lot of growth and I, and Kylo Ren, obviously they're the characters that Uh go through the most change because, you know, in the, in episode seven, we were just introduced to Poe as like a hotshot pilot and he remains, you know, that kind of like cocky, brash, uh, pilot, but yeah, here, and I, I think we've discussed this when we talk about their our um, best of uh, 2017 episode. There's there's a consistent theme of like failure and um, mm-hmm. how failure forces you to change or to like try things differently. So uh-huh. he he, uh, he has to realize that what he does has a cost and like the bombing run he did in the opening moments of the last Jedi where yeah. the resistance loses their entire bomber fleet and they they're down to like maybe 15 fighter pilots at the end of that run. And it's, you know, it's a real sense of loss for someone like Poe and like he really has to open his eyes and realize that, yeah, the, the resistance doesn't need, dead heroes it needs like people who can keep on fighting which is what princess leia said or general leia general leia yeah general leia sorry i'm gonna just say that i think the moment that had me tearing up during last jedi was where leia actually force propels herself through space after the uh after the destruction of her ship i just thought Oh wow, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Some people thought it was retarded, but um I don't have the receipts with me, but I can guarantee that there's plenty of retarded Leia moments in the expanded universe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are, <laughs> to be honest, but I feel like that's such a fitting way to honor like Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Altogether by having her basically, you know, fly through space like she's uh like she's an angel or something. Yeah, and with the and with the uh, Skywalker theme too. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It it's it's nice for for both uh, Skywalkers actually. This movie because at the end when Luke dies and becomes one with the Force, he gets mm. to see the mirage of like two suns and. He's never been back yeah. to Tatooine since the sixth one, I guess. So his journey ended the way it began. It was with him watching the sunset of two sons. Right. Oh. Yeah, but I, I, I figured he's going to be like the Alec Guinness of number nine. Um, maybe. Maybe. You know, we'll never, uh, we'll never yeah. really know. Like what's going to happen for episode nine? I know that J.J. Abrams has already finished the, the script for it. Yeah. And it's not coming out for another year, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
We'll see if my theories come true. We'll see. We'll see if like people get even more mad at this one. <laughs> if you if your theories come true, you have no idea how hard I'm gonna laugh my ass off in the theater. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm I'm gonna be laughing so hard that you're probably gonna hear it like over in Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna feel it in the force. It's like it's as if a thousand fanboys were silenced at once. That's right. <laughs> going and uh yeah oh my god so yeah we'll see what happens in episode nine yeah. but going like going from like you know complete originality to uh in episode uh, eight we come to episode seven which is basically just a retread of uh the first movie yeah you know I, i've gone through so many different evolutions in my opinion on the movie I think at its core, episode seven is fine. It's you know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a nice popcorn flick, but at the same time, it's an incredibly bad setup for a new chapter in the Star Wars trill- uh, universe because I don't know. It shows that like thirty something years of Star Wars uh, has passed and nothing mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Empire has become uh, the First Order. The uh, the Rebels have become the uh, the Resistance. Yeah, and and you know, like uh, Luke Skywalker is still like the only Jedi Master. Um, Princess Leia That's right. is now General Leia, but she's still involved in the war. And uh, Han and, uh, Solo, uh, he, he stops. Uh, he, he starts smuggling again. That's true, and uh, your main hero is a uh, orphan that lives on a uh, desert uh, planet yeah. with the help of uh, with the help of a droid. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's like, okay, I get it that like Star Wars and a lot of fiction, you know, retread the Joseph Campbell hero's journey stuff, but I mean, like, seriously, this is cut and paste. <laughs> absolutely i know it literally is well with the exception of uh uh the uh traitorous uh, stormtrooper the finn character yeah um and also i guess they didn't have like the um the well i guess poe is a, a han solo type but he's he's more obviously heroic than han solo even though han solo right. is plenty a hero yeah um, but yeah, um, it's literally but like he, Luke Skywalker with a pussy is a hero. Which is awesome. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, I like Ray's character as well. And it's like, I think what they did in episode eight, and hopefully they don't retcon this in episode nine with the reveal that she's basically, you know, she comes from nothing and like, she's not tied to anyone else in the previous trilogy. That's um, hopefully they keep that. Doing I enjoyed that. that. I enjoyed. I I enjoyed the fact that they basically said like you know, oh yeah, Ray doesn't have like any connection to the yeah. to like the main the main people at all. Like her her parents were uh, pretty much junkies who traded yeah. her for beer money. Yeah, her parents are basically like trailer trash, pretty much, or whatever the Star Wars equivalent of trailer trash is. Yeah. I mean, they sold their own child for <laughs> for drinking money. 
for, for beer money. <laughs> you sold your you sold your own child for something that could be finished in like ten minutes. Yeah, it's uh, that's some real shit. That is some real shit. <laughs> Although <laughs> I, mean, I guess that... uh, 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 Finn also, um, I guess he was either kidnapped or like uh, sold into the Stormtrooper Academy. Right. No, it's very uh, like very it, it echoes of a like Blood Diamond where yeah. like these kids were taken from their uh, village and basically brainwashed to be a part of this uh, like child guerrilla faction that would like unknowingly murder their parents. Yeah. Um, also, episode seven. Seriously, uh, there's a there's a part in the movie where they go to the resistance base with the droid and it's like, um, you know, this is the Death Star, and this is Starkiller Base. And I'm like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> it's like, wait, this thing is twice as big as the original yeah. thing that we hope you remember. Yeah. And the original, it's not a moon. And this one, it's it's a planet. <laughs> it's a freaking planet that still has the same faulty defects as the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh man! But uh, I gotta tell you, like, uh, I will be honest with you. You know, when I first saw, when I first first saw the film, and I heard, you know, the classic John Williams score mm -hmm. and the text crawl. I'm just like, I started bawling like a baby. I'm I'm absolutely serious. I'm just like, yes, it's back after yeah. so many years. It's back. I mean, like, I I didn't want to say it's like as a movie it's fine and like i can still watch it and get an enjoyment out of it but at the same yeah. time it's like yeah there's nothing like say what you want about the prequels but they added a lot more things to the franchise than episode seven did and of mm -hmm. course the prequel the prequels uh, some of those additions are um extremely suspect <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, but I think, I think suspect uh, is barely uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel right there. Yeah, but I think we we also need to talk about uh, the the first of the anthology films, uh, Rogue One. Which, oh yeah. Um, it, where you know some people call the Force Awakens uh, a very a very clear retread of the old stuff and like um, not boundary pushing and. Uh, you know, they find The Last Jedi really divisive and, uh, you know, puts a really confusing or like um, uh, a really unclear picture of where the franchise is going. Rogue One, I think everyone can agree, is a great movie. Even people it who is. are not Star Wars fan enjoy Star Wars fans enjoyed that movie. It's the biggest film ever made to fix the biggest of plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> seriously it cost 265 million yeah to make this film to all all for the uh all to fix the you know the 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 five minute uh if you think about it everything falls apart um plot hole of mm -hmm. yeah why is the exhaust like such an easy target 
I do appreciate though that you have Maz Mickelson uh, explain. It's like you know, yeah. yes, uh, I, they've they've uh, they basically kidnapped me and forced me to work on their uh, on yeah. their the new weapon. But I've constructed a secret plan that will make it completely destructible. Yeah, I've programmed the flaw. <laughs> I, have, I have programmed the flaw. We call it the Death Star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what What I also enjoy is that almost everyone except Ip Man has no special powers, or not even hinted <laughs> as having special powers. But that, but that's perfect though. Yeah, it's basically saying like you know, it's like Batman. You know, you don't need to have special powers. Yeah, in order to be considered considered a superhero. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, um, it it's a great way to add into the Star Wars franchise, and there's elements in the movie like uh, Cassian Andor talks about being a child soldier. And mm-hmm. that's a that's a real ass part of war that it, it you know, I guess it's kind of implied in the previous films, but it's more explicit. Um, and yeah. uh, Forrest Whitaker is like space, uh, like a space terrorist, basically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Felicity. Oh. Uh, Oh, Joe, Jin Urso. Yeah, Jin, Jin Urso as, well, I guess she comes from somewhere, but she all she also starts, well, she basically starts off by getting arrested <laughs> and being Pretty freed much. from jail by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> by the way, Alan Tudyk in this movie is freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I feel the, like the he's giant the, droid that that's sarcastic. K2SO. He's <laughs> like the emotional levity we need in a film as complex as Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, let me just say that uh uh Donnie Yen or Ip Man being the proto uh prototypical Jedi almost, even though he really isn't a Jedi, is yeah. really just super cool. That scene with the uh, just him fighting all the stormtroopers would just freaking stick, even though they all have guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Yen is like the space priest. That's really cool. Yes. And uh, I'm Ooh. one with the force. The force is force with me. Force. I'm one with the force. That the will force nev- is with me. That will never get out of your head for all eternity. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that, that, uh, y- you know, there's, there's a couple of moments in that movie that, that set up uh last jedi like one is when Jin Erso like leaves through the the death star plans and she's like talking ooh hyperspace tracking and it's like yeah. you can you could practically picture like a giant red flag or flashing sign saying this is going to be important uh, <laughs> at some point I'm, su- I'm surprised like some uh like some very out there uh, filmmaker hasn't like done that yet. That yeah. has a bo- put up like a giant sign or has like flashing red lights saying beep beep. This is important. Fucking pay attention. Yeah, and yeah, and like the fact that um, well, he's a he's a space priest, but he's not he's not a Jedi, and he's not shown <laughs> to have previous. Um, 
he, you know, like he, he basically operates on faith and, um, that sets up like the idea that anyone can be a Jedi better than, I don't know, like the space, uh, there, there's like a space virus in your body where the more you have, the more powerful you are of the prequels. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, you mean like midi chlorians? Yeah. Oh my God. Where do I even begin with that shit? <laughs> but yeah, it's like, really, you could just like, basically, I know we'll get to this later, but basically, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan just give Anakin like a little, like little test that they just like stick this thing on him. Almost like an insulin test and saying like, you know, it's like, Oh shit, his is off the charts. What the fuck? <laughs> It's over 9,000. It, it's over 9,000. I, I think literally when I was in the theater in 1999 um, and, and the subject of midi counts came up and I was like, this is fucking Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. If you can believe it. Yeah. It kind of is. It's like, uh, okay, uh, sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, sure. Midi chlorians. That's yeah. <laughs> a good good idea, Lucas. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. sure you won you won me over with the pod racing and everything and that epic final fight between a Darth Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan, but midi chlorians, really? Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, I think the the reason why I like um, Rogue One the most out of the more recent um, Star Wars movies is the fact that a um, almost uh, most of the main characters don't have like magic abilities and like the Force is kind of like used sparingly and it's like a really mysterious thing. Two, um, we finally get to see why Darth Vader is like the feared person that everyone knows he is because. In the original trilogy, I mean, he he fights an old man and uh, he yeah. cuts his his son's hands off, and it's and, not uh, it's not as cool as you think as you remember, as you think right. you remember actually. So like him legitimately slaughtering an entire transport of rebel soldiers was satisfying to see. It was, and I have to say it. It probably is the most badass moment of any of any star Wars film, because you actually get to see the full ability of dark Darth Vader. Like you said, being the true badass villain that he is basically draws his lightsaber. He flicks off all the, uh, the blasters with ease. Mm -hmm. He sends one guy to the ceiling and sends him back down, takes away all their guns and just like chokes the shit out of everybody. Yeah. I was like that scene uh, towards the end of the film was, um, that was like one of my favorite lightsaber moments, but then like yes. last Jedi came out and I was like, yeah, that throne room scene is probably the, the best lightsaber fight in the star Wars franchise. That was pretty cool. I think even people who hate the movie, um, like the throne room lightsaber scene. Yeah. And now, uh, with, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren working yeah. together. Killing the, the red soldiers. 
the red uh, <laughs> Crayola soldier yeah. that Seth MacFarlane lovingly refers to them as. <laughs> and um, I guess, you know, it's not really made explicit in the film, but I guess it's implied that they're not particularly um, force-sensitive people. So just like the cojones on the red soldiers basically trying to kill Kylo Ren and his new girlfriend. <laughs> well, you don't know like she, she's his new girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe uh, they'll explain that more in episode nine. <laughs> Maybe. Um, God, God damn, we're <laughs> going to get a porn version, aren't we? <laughs> episode uh, nine is it basically going to be like Star Wars porn. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot better than episode two, at least. Anything will be better than episode two. No, it's just gonna it's just gonna be like um him talking to the Darth Vader helmet is like grandfather, how do I get this girl to like me? You say she's from a desert world. Um have you told her how much you hate sand? <laughs> <laughs> Mention that it's coarse and irritating it, and, and it gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Look to be fair to Hayden Christensen, I know he gets a lot of flack for like portraying Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, but to be fair, nobody could say those lines yeah. like, effectively. Yeah, I don't think any... Uh, shit, who's a... Yeah, I don't think any... Like, you know, Michael Fassbender or Daniel Day-Lewis can do anything even with that dialogue. Like, it's no, like that... these, like badass actors who can you know chew up the scenery and like you know generally are the highlights of shitty movies and it's like yeah i don't i don't think I, even they can do anything with lucas's dialogue in the prequels i know and look i give credit to hayden christensen like he really he gave it his all even though his range went from uh unenthusiastic to this is where straight the fun up begins. over the top <laughs> this is where the fu- this is where the fun begins, you know. I don't like sand, <laughs> like right up to like you know, like I, I slaughter them like animals. I, I hate them. The men, women, and children too. <laughs> <laughs> Master like, Skywalker. <laughs> it's like, like nothing could save you, Padme. Only my new powers could do that. You're breaking my <laughs> heart, Annie. Oh my. Oh, that line. It's like, really? You're a badass queen slash senator slash warrior, and you've left, and you now spend this entire movie barefoot and pregnant. Hell yes. It's the ideology of uh, Star of Wars. Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, one final thing we'll talk about uh, Rogue One. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, Moff Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin, Moff and, Tarkin. and his. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, Ooh, boy. Ooh, um, I know I knew going in that it took place in the world where Grand Moff Tarkin existed. And I kind of half expected that they would find somebody that looks like Peter Cushing to do the, uh, to play the role, but it's like, oh, 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 like we're reaching the uncanny valley 
right here. Yeah. Um, it's like they literally the pasted Peter Cushing's face onto another actor. What the fuck did you do? Like the man's been dead for over 20 years and he's rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah. Um, that, that was actually like it when I saw him on screen, it really freaked me out. Cause like, I, it, you know, like him. <laughs> it's ah, man. What do we say about this man? Like this, it, is this the future of film is like, everyone's just going to be Tupac holograms. Unfortunately, we're seeing it already. We're seeing it with, um, we saw it with Ant-Man with uh, Michael Douglas. We saw it with, uh, uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Yeah. And we saw it with, with Kurt Russell in uh, Guardians 2. Yeah. And um, even in TV, like there was um, on Westworld, one of the flashbacks, they reconstructed young Anthony Hopkins and put it on an, on another on another actor's face. I and, know. I know. It's like, oh, man. Oh, like Anthony Hopkins never actually looked like that. You know that, right? Yeah. Um, um, really what they could oh, do oh. is like, uh, uh, um, the clockwork orange guy's face and just like paste that onto another person. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, that's of, what it feels yeah, like. Instead of like this, I don't know, this weird, like algorithm face of Anthony Hopkins. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> Fuck. Is this really what they're gonna do um, right now? Yeah. Is this is, this this is the future of film, isn't it? I guess. Well, I mean, there's also that those disturbing uh, popcorn commercials with zombie Redenbacher. Yeah. Do you remember that? Unfortunately, I do. Yeah, like that also freaked me out on TV. I was like, "What the hell is that?" I don't know. I guess they figure it's cheaper that way. I don't know. It's, um, well, uh, since I guess this ties into also um, another aspect of the franchise is that, well, now that Disney basically owns it, uh, uh, owns Lucasfilm, th this franchise will never end. And we are getting one Star Wars movie a year for, for right. all eternity. For all eternity, yes. Um, yeah, it's like there, there's no end to things anymore. It's like films can't just, you know, wrap up in, in like a nice. They can't even end in like one movie anymore. There's, they always have to set up a sequel. They, they always have to, you know, show that there's, there's a greater universe that this movie is a part of, and it's. <laughs> does it have to? The problem is they're taking pages out of Marvel's book right now. Yeah. And really, like, other franchises, like, I don't know, like, what Universal is is still doing, still trying to do with, like, the dark universe, it's like, no, no. <laughs> it's like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop right now. And, I mean, uh, you know... It, DC right now has a lot riding on Aquaman, and I think based on uh, early reactions, it seems to be 
better. Uh, it's better than what people expected. So we'll see what happens next. But right. I, it's so far, their their only out and out success is Wonder Woman. That's true. That is absolutely true. And you know, I'm curious to see what uh, what Aqua Momoa can do. But yeah, based on what they've done recently, maybe they should just stick with more individual you know superheroes like no more team-ups yeah you know i think i think also it's um they kind of went about it the wrong way where it's like um they did a superman movie and then superman team uh like you know fights batman but Mm -hmm. i i feel like they either should have started with individual movies and then have justice league come out or um they should have just had Justice League come out because, um, I mean, who doesn't know the origins of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman? Right. And, well, I mean, and even like Wonder the Wonder Flash, you know, it's like he's a pretty well-known well character. Right. Hell, there's a whole TV show dedicated to him nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like, look. Batman and Superman, yes, everybody knows the origins to those. Wonder Woman, not so much, really, because there was the TV show in the 1970s. Yeah. And unless unless you're a dedicated follower of, like, Warner Brothers animation when they put out all those uh, superhero films. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't really know. It's like, you really wouldn't know, like, you know, I am Diana Themyscira. Yeah. But I think, like, their advantage was that... Um, Wonder Woman definitely needs less of an introduction than Black Widow. Uh-huh. And um which still I I didn't like well Marvel's finally going to have their first female superhero movie with uh Captain Marvel, but really like there's no there's no Black Widow movie after all these uh after all this time. I know. <laughs> I know it's kind of surprising. Yeah, you would think, right? Well, just the same as there's no Hawkeye movie. Yeah, well, Hawkeye, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I guess I understand that more or less. But um, Scarlett Johansson, um, as as like a Russian super spy, like, come on. <laughs> it's like, and she doesn't even have a Russian accent. Yeah. Um, it's like, you, it's like I'm waiting for the whole, like, you know, hello, my name is Agent Natasha Romanoff. Yeah. And I, I, I am a double agent and I work secretly for S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra. <laughs> well, I guess, um, I guess uh, the worst that could have happened with that is, um, well, Red Sparrow. <laughs> Oh, Lord, you're right. Which everyone thought was going to be like, oh, this is the Black Widow movie we deserve. And then the movie came out and it's like, yeah, no, it's not. No, because in order to create effective Russian movie, you do not need to, you do not need to have the girl from Hunger Games in it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, man. No. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Look, nothing against the Jennifer Lawrence. It's just this was a film that didn't really need to be shown. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess um, 
Is there anything else we need to say about um, Rogue One? I honestly feel feel like we've covered it all. Yeah, and also I like that there's this um, there's the, the, there's this uh, there's there is a message of hope, but there's less of a you know happy go lucky vibe of like Episode One where everyone gets a medal, but Chewbacca right. still doesn't have pants or whatever. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, it's um, it's a movie that successfully transplants like a genre into the Star Wars franchise. It's like a it's like a heist movie or, a, or or like a thriller, but set in you know a universe with stormtroopers and magic. Right. So uh, I don't know. Well, I'm still not gonna see. Uh, solo but apparently i won't either uh, han solo and luke skywalker at least have said positive things about it yes so Uh, we'll see what happens surprisingly yeah we'll see what happens i've been told that it's not it's not gonna do as well as uh last jedi or force awakens yeah um, and it's not even going to be like the pleasant surprise that uh, Rogue One was, which is, I don't know how like you can turn a Han Solo movie into a disappointment, Disney. But oh, I'm pretty sure they could find a way. You found a way, and um, it, maybe it has something to do with the actor that you got an acting coach for um, halfway through filming. <laughs> Because the guy has the personality of a wet rag. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's there's rumors that a that Ewan McGregor has regrown his beard and is uh, filming uh, an Obi Wan movie next year. But I I, I do kind of want them to give like this period between Phantom Menace and whenever Episode Nine ends a fucking rest. Right. No, I agree. Um, obviously, the the new trilogy, uh, the one that Ryan Johnson has total control over and has uh, people pissing themselves, get trying to get mad over, <laughs> is set in the future. But come on, like, it, there's plenty what? of opportunity for the anthology films to take place, I don't know, sometime earlier in the Republic. Or, like, thousands of years into the past, like the Expanded Universe did. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, I guess now, um, moving on from the most recent crop of films to the prequels, um, we'll do do the prequels as a block, um... Yeah, because really, it's um, it is a one man show. It's uh, it is the it is the most George Lucas of all um, the Star Wars films. He has complete control over everything, and everything seemingly has protection from editors and producers. And yeah, he's just wow. Just no, just no, just wow. <laughs> just wow incredible like, god damn it of course you know it starts with uh, 
it basically begins and ends with uh, Anakin Skywalker being rescued from his home planet of Tatooine and becoming first a Jedi and then the Sith Lord known as Darth Vader. Yeah. And I think that was a story that people did want to see. And you know, the thing with Lucas is that throughout the 40 years since um, Star Wars has been out, he's given so many different flip-flopping positions of what his actual plans were for Star Wars. I think in the 80s when he was riding high, he was dead set right. on having 12 films, but then he cut it down to like, oh, we'll, we'll maybe do nine. And then eventually he's like, no, fuck it. We'll throw it all away. And then in the 90s, <laughs> he was like, yeah, maybe maybe Let's I'll do, do the again. prequel. Maybe I'll do the prequel. That 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 seems all right. But it's oh, not all right, George. It's not fucking no, it's all right. Not. <laughs> it is not all right. What the hell is your problem, George Lucas? I mean, seriously. You take your beloved series and turn it into literal shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Um like literal shit. It's um, it's rough, you know, and it's, I think I remember vaguely in 97, the Star Wars films were re-released in theater, but the most vivid and the most distinct memory yeah. of Star Wars, I'd have to say, was episode one, because that's really, for better or worse, that was my first Star Wars movie, Star Wars movie. I mean, you know, clearly remember seeing in a theater, but... I'm pretty sure I had the original trilogy on VHS before that. I I did. I know I did. Yeah. Um, and I watched them repeatedly. I remember going to Disneyland one time and getting. They were handing out like these these envelopes that had all the prequel, all the uh, had the original trilogy yeah. in them. I'll never forget it. And I remember going home and watching it and just being utterly blown away yeah. by what I saw. So when I found out that there was another one coming out, obviously I rushed to the theater yeah. to go see it. And like me being eight years old at the time, I was just like, you know, yeah, another Star Wars. That's awesome. But the poster looks like shit. Um, I think even as a child though, I think I was cognizant enough of Jar Jar and the fucking yeah, pod racing sequence where I was like, yeah, this okay. is this is not, uh, you know, but um, actually, I think I'll do you one better. I think I remember distinctly having Empire Strikes Strikes Back on Laserdisc. Holy shit! Yeah. God damn, man. Yeah. It's three movies of um, of absolute dog shit. <laughs> to be fair though there are moments in the prequels that are actually pretty damn cool yeah for instance don't hate me on this but I thought the pod racing was pretty nice I thought it was okay but um, I don't know the, the like Anakin pod racing thing was like, um, this is, uh, this is Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, this is the kid that grows up to be Darth Vader. It didn't help that the actor playing him was also kind of annoying. Yeah. And I, I guess he got a bunch of hate for it because he's not been in anything oh. else since. Oh, yeah. Jake Lloyd, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did get a whole bunch of hate for it. Like so much the <laughs> fact that like when people would approach him and ask him about Star Wars, he would immediately turn the other direction and just like run. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up though. Um It's incredibly fucked up. <laughs> Look, so... I don't wanna I don't wanna like, you know, disparage anybody over a role that they've done, but after a while it's gotta be like, you know, like, okay, you know, like enough's enough already. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's a child actor, you know? Right. Like, seriously. Like, don't fucking... Like, and this this also happens, I guess, with other movies, with uh, child stars, with child pop stars, too. It's like, don't fucking go out of your way to send DMs to them and saying, like, kill yourself, you faggot. You fucking oh piece God. of shit. Millennium piece of shit. Cell phone Jeez. fuck. It's like... Don't fucking do that. I, I don't know no. why we have to tell grown ass people, like, don't send hate to children. I don't care. Exactly. Like, don't don't, don't even fucking send hate to Baron Trump. Like, just right. don't fucking do that. You're, you're like you can you can call Donald Trump a, an obvious like you know the the pool you, call- you know cum stain of. <laughs> fucking cocaine and Cheeto dust, but don't bully Baron <laughs> Trump. I know. I know. Like, you know, call Donald Trump all you want. Call, call him a, a, a stupid, fat, bloated cocksucker who deserves the rotten hell for everything he's done. But, you know, leave the kids out of it. Yeah. Well, not the kids, just the kid, because like, feel just free to kid. just feel free to talk shit all you want about, uh, you know, the Do- the twins between a, <laughs> between a dumbass junior and. Uh... I still can't. I still don't know what their names are. Like, I uh, obviously it's Donald Junior and Eric Trump, but I don't know which one's which. Um, <laughs> no, neither do I. I just refer to him as a dumbass junior and Ebola. Yeah. Um, oh no! Wait, wait, no! Ebola is the, is the one that has like reddish hair, and Dumbass Junior has the as a black hair. Oh, um, yeah. Why does why do, why does Eric look like that? <laughs> why does he look like that? Yeah, he's the product of the most evil person on the planet right now. What else do you think he would look like? Yeah, but like Ivanka and Tiffany and uh, you know Baron and even even Junior looks they look all right, but Eric just looks like he's melting. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe his dad encouraged him to endorse a uh, fake tan at an early age. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um... Yeah, um, I think we could all agree that uh, the scene in uh, the Geonosian Coliseum that was a that was a good part of the prequels as well. Uh, 
It was, yes. When, you know, um, the original badass uh, Samuel L. Jackson showed up with his pimpin'-ass purple lightsaber. (laughs) Which he personally requested. Yeah. uh, And Lucas said no. Then he went off to do something in Europe. I think he did a movie in Europe for a little bit. And he came back and George Lucas was like, guess what I just did for you? I gave you a purple-ass lightsaber because you're Samuel motherfucking Jackson and you deserve a purple-ass lightsaber. Yeah. It would have been cool if as one of his like Jedi sashes had like Bamf on it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you look very closely, I'm pretty sure it's like sewn in. Yeah, it's sewn in in like the Star Wars lettering. Like in uh, Orabesh or whatever the the fake alphabet is called. Whatever the language is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's pretty fucking badass, to be honest. Yeah. And the fact that it's like, it's Sam Jackson in Star Wars, that's pretty fucking cool. I think we can all agree that Samuel L. Jackson, in whatever capacity being involved in Star Wars, is good. But him being basically one of the main characters eventually is, yeah. Right. Is badass. And of course... When like when you first you know, when you first see him, he's like you know like I'm a very you know diplomatic Jedi. I don't like to solve things. I like to solve things peacefully, not with my lightsaber. But when when you see him in Attack of the Clones, where he's literally just going like you know, like bashing the uh, like deflecting the uh, the blasters away like a fucking baseball bat, yeah. and then fucking knocks off Jango Fett's head. It's just like oh shit. Yeah. And the whole, uh, I, you know what, uh, Lucas should have uh, let him say the F word in uh, episode three. Yeah. And just like, before he gets thrown out the window, <laughs> just like, motherfucker. Oh, kind of like what happened in the last <laughs> uh, Avengers movie. Yeah. Oh, mother. <sighs> yeah. No, just like straight up F bomb. Like. Yeah. yeah, in a children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Maybe J.J. Abrams is willing to take that risk for episode nine. Well, I mean, they're going to have full vaginal and anal penetration in like the first five minutes. So, <laughs> Is this being directed by J.J. Abrams or... Uh, or me? Yeah. <laughs> or or, or, <laughs> or, uh, or uh, John E. Deep. John E. Depth. John E. Depth, yes. <laughs> um, I think also we can agree that in uh, episode three, um, as much as it ended up being a mess, um, the the Wookiee planet sequence was cool. Um, the opening the opening star fight was pretty cool. Um, yes. General Grievous in in that. Um, in that in Utapau, uh, the the sinkhole planet, that was pretty cool too. That was pretty bad. Him with four lightsabers at once, yeah. which <laughs> which it's like, how did he get those? Is he actually a Jedi himself, or did he personally kill four Jedi just to obtain their lightsabers? Yeah, um, which was av- revealed in the Clone Wars cartoon made by the guy who made Samurai Jack in Dexter's lab. Yeah. Um, the Star Wars Clone Wars, not to be confused with the one that just got recently canceled, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is not as good. Um, as Clone Wars. Yeah. 
the Clone Wars ones, um, it does much better job of showing how cool the fucking Clone Wars was than the films. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, um, yeah. Let's. You know, that's the thing about the franchise that most people don't actually realize is that this idea of, you know, well, obviously there's elements of that in the films already, but the idea that Luke was a badass Jedi master, the idea that, like, Darth Vader was this super fearsome, like, monster, the idea that... uh Princess Leia was kind of like, well, basically like a, a spy or like an intelligence agent. Mm-hmm. That's not really shown in the in the film. It's told, but it's not shown. Right. No, it's a classic case of uh, like, you know, Lucas, you know, it's like show don't tell, man. Yeah. And 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 then it it it's left to the expanded universe to fucking pick show, up the pieces. Yeah, to pick up the pieces and then show like what it actually is like, instead right. of you know having a nice fat two hours of Jedi destroying battle droids. Right, which would have been a fucking awesome movie anyway. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> oh, but the prequels uh, at least you know they give you the introduction to uh people who you'll eventually meet later on like the emperor and the uh, leia's father senator bail organa played beautifully by jimmy smiths yeah which is freaking awesome that jimmy smith <laughs> is in a star wars movie yeah but it also they also give you the uh, racist uh, stereotypes of uh, Watto, Viceroy, Newt Gunray, and of course Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's the classic uh, trifecta of anti-Semitism, uh, Orientalism, and anti-blackness. <laughs> Pretty much. Actually, yeah, it's that like... that does line up. <laughs> And wait, it's like, isn't George Lucas actually married to a a black woman in real life? Yeah, and let's um, let's also not forget that he's a huge fan of like uh, the sci-fi throwbacks and like the film reels. So that's probably where he gets it from. But at this point, it le- <laughs> like, come on, it was 1999 when Jar Jar Binks came out. Um, Spike Lee has already made like. 10 movies um mm-hmm. and even before that there's like d- like decades of like black cinema it's come on yeah. man no seriously come on <laughs> come on man it's um uh yeah um also i have a sneaking suspicion that uh before J.J. J. Abrams got um, got the job, he had to add Maz Kanata into the movie. Because mm-hmm. Maz Kanata, like, come on, rearrange the letters in the second name. It's Katana, and she talks like an old Asian woman. 
Right. And she's played by Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. She's like, oh, you got big future, Ray. You got big future like Rook Skywalker. Oh, my and I'm God. Like, Jesus. Fuck. And, and when she takes off her eye, like her glasses, it's like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, dude, this is a Lucas throwback for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like when he was talking to George Lucas about, but I'm pretty sure Lucas said, like, you know, you have to include a character that people remember from the prequels. Although, don't include the actual character. Or she's like, hmm. Okay, you can have a black stormtrooper, but some someone else has to be racist. And then JJ's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's a movie where nobody can be a racist stereotype. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so obviously, um, I will episode admit, one. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I will admit the prequels did have some uh, pretty epic or choreography for all the lightsaber battles. That's true. But yeah, um, the tag along character of Jar Jar Binks who. Literally does not add anything to the film. No, he doesn't. Like he leads them to the uh, you know the underwater city and everything, yeah. but that's about it. You could have just left him there. Yeah, um, and somehow he gets to tag along to you know, Coruscant, Coruscant, Tatooine, um, and he's like traipsing around the galaxy, and he's like being oh Misa gonna all Yusha. It's just like, oh god, this is, oh man, George. It's it's actually <laughs> his fault that uh, events are set in motion from the prequels to the original trilogy because he's the one that gives the emergency powers to the uh, to Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah. So it's actually his fault. <laughs> Yeah, I still can't believe that George made him a senator in episode two. I know. Oh, my God. It's like, holy shit. What the like, fuck? Wow. It's like, you're really, um, you can really predict the future, can you, Lucas? Hell yeah, man. Um, and episode one also has a, an incredible um, oriental stereotype of um, the Nemoidians. Who were yeah, just obviously sure. like the the Japanese caricatures from a Dr. Seuss wartime cartoon. Right. And and they're played by two Brits. Yeah. The actors that, that play them. Like they're played by two Brits, and it's like, really? This is what you signed on to do? Jesus Christ. It's the, the fucking you know. Oh man, the <laughs> the way they dress, the exaggerated facial features, and just like the fucking, you must agree to our treaty, otherwise Nabu will remain under the blockade. And it's like, oh come on, man. It's like, it's like, shut up. It's like, shut up. Seriously. Come on, dude. It's like you can't do this, Lucas. This is this is not Flash Gordon. You can't have Ming the Merciless anymore. No. No, you can't. <laughs> Although, 
Although to be fair, to be fair, Flash Gordon did have the epic Queen soundtrack. Yeah, which is um, you know, it's it's best that that's the only thing people remember about it. Yeah, uh, Flash, ah, savior of the universe. <laughs> Between that and Highlander, uh, oh man, uh, they should have let Queen score more films. Yeah, absolutely. Here we are, the princes of the universe. The universe. We've come Sorry. to be the rulers of you all. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> R.I.P. Freddie Mercury. The first, the first uh, Iranian pop star. Actually, his his ancestors were a Zoroastrian, and he was from a uh, Zanzibar originally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess ethnically he's Indian because the Parsis uh, and eventually settled in Bombay, and then. Uh, a bunch of them because of colonialism moved to like Kenya and Zanzibar. But yeah, he's the first, right. He's basically the first Asian pop star. He really was. And, uh, give credit to the fact that in the upcoming movie that they're making about queen of Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. they did get a actor of a uh, Indian heritage to portray him. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that, actually. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to look pretty fucking epic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, I think the the piece de resistance of episode one, even beyond Jar Jar, is is Watto. Oh no! You mean the dumbass anti-Semitic stereotype that Lucas included for some <laughs> fucking reason? I. Okay, I watched this movie at eight years old. Um, I guess my only Same. exposure exposure to Judaism at like I was still living in Indonesia. Uh, my only exposure to Judaism was like Rugrats and um, American Tale. But come on, that's just that's just fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Oh my god! The moment I heard, I'm just like you know, it's like, what are you doing, Lucas? This is not the fish market. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the boy the, is not for sale. Um, you cheated. You you your chance cube. Oh my god! Like, this just stepped out of like the worst fucking. Um. 19th century like screed yeah this is like okay this is like freaking vaudeville yeah like vaudeville come to life it's like every single ethnic stereotype yeah <laughs> come come to life in this film the only thing i'm missing missing was um mickey rooney is mr Yoshi. <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> That that I think is the most incredible form of racism ever captured on screen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you just imagine, like, uh, 
he's uh, he was uh, entertaining the troops in fucking Iwo Jima or some shit, and like wearing that makeup. I was just mm-hmm. like, holy, oh holy Jesus, God Christ, in heaven. No. Well. Maybe not wearing that makeup because the movie itself came out in 61. Right. But something something very close to that. Oh, no. Maybe that. entertain the troops in Vietnam by doing that. <laughs> or Korea. Just like a completely or different Korea. fucking stereotype. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking hell. It's incredible. Um... Oh. That that's an interesting word for it. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Um, well, I guess uh, the original trilogy already got um, the Arabs covered with the thinly veiled sand people. Oh yeah, that's right. You know the. These blast points. Too accurate for sand people. I like. Uh, the Bedouin. oh oh lord oh man jesus uh yeah let's uh oh boy um wado in episode one just like holy god in heaven how did the an entire room of people when they they were talking to lucas about the film i am a hundred percent sure like this had to have been a discussion point. This had to have been like someone, someone must have said like, I can't, I refuse to believe that nobody, nobody in Hollywood was like, yeah, George, this is a little, uh, uh, you know, maybe Watto and Jar Jar, you know, they, they shouldn't be, this like not even that like nobody did even that exactly but it's like they're just like yeah great fucking great film george good job (laughs) i can imagine like someone like harvey weinstein sitting in the back just going like yeah great job george great job (laughs) i don't care as long as this makes a lot of fucking money it's like come on Just, uh. yeah, um, yeah. So that's episode one. Episode two, I guess. Um, I think it's more infamous for the romantic plot tumor. <laughs> the romantic plot tumor. That's funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, I, yeah. I don't like saying. It's coarse and irritating, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Not like you. Mm. Way to convey emotion there, Hayden. Also, they, nice. Yeah. Nice work. They met each other when, like, he was a literal child. Yes, and then they haven't seen each other for ten fucking years. Yeah. And, like... Uh... Like a child still remembers like someone that they crushed on ten years ago. Oof, creepy much? Yeah, and I I don't know. Like I guess uh, Padme's into it. 
I, I guess so because the t- by the time you know they meet up again, you know he's 19, she's 24, so yeah, it's not necessarily illegal anymore. True, but st- it's like it's weird that because like they don't really interact um, in the in like the the ten years between the movie, and it's just like you know, I know. Like I mean, like. Just remember, like, when you were 14 and, like, some precocious kid was, like, you know, like, oh, I think you're handsome. Or, like, oh, you know, like, you're cute. No. It's, like, you you wouldn't oh. think about it. No. It's, like, the literal first lines that they say to each other. Anakin says to her, are you an angel? Yeah, that shit is gay. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine like Ken Jong from Community just saying that ha, as the movie gay. is happening. It's like, ha, gay. It's like, what in the like? I mean, <laughs> to be honest, that's a child. That's yeah. I'll get. I'll give him a pass. But at the same time, are you? Yeah, like, is this really the beginnings of a romance? No. No, just, just no. It just makes you wonder why in particular, but I'll tell you, the problems don't actually begin with the prequels. You got to go back a little bit earlier to that. You got to go back to Return of the Jedi. You got to go back to the, you got to go back to the fucking Ewoks. That's true. And, uh, we'll definitely talk about that more when we talk about the original trilogy, but uh, right. Let's let's talk about the positives of episode two. Let's let's agree that uh, Christopher Lee in Star Wars is a good thing. Yes, yes, as Count Dooku. Yeah, and I yeah obviously kind of died in a bullshit way in episode three, but mm-hmm. I mean you know you have Dracula in episode two. That's you have Francisco Scaramanga in episode two. That's that's more than cool. You know, that's pretty cool. It basically revived his career. Yeah, yeah. Because then uh, he became Saruman. Oh, he was Saruman before then. Oh, but... yeah. Well, he was in. Uh, uh, wait, uh, Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. Yes. OK, so he was already Saruman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Christopher Lee and uh, well, I, I also like uh, Django Fett's actor Tamara Morrison. Tamara Morrison, oh yeah, the classic uh, uh, Kiwi actor. Yeah, who was pretty awesome. Yeah, and and now I like they retroactively made Boba Fett a uh, Kiwi. Yeah, it's like I love. It's like I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like holy shit even like his opening lines sound pretty fucking badass yeah and afterwards he just says to his sounds like peck your things we're leaving yeah we're going back to Auckland going back to Auckland New Zealand and we're gonna study the ways of the uh, the bounty hunter yeah through there <laughs> uh yeah, it, it, I do have to say it was kind of a waste that he died in the same um, film that he was introduced. But 
True. He still did a lot more than Boba Fett. Let's not forget. That is very, very true. Um, and you have to understand, not only did Jango Fett, not only was he in that, he actually carried on a pretty fair legacy because wasn't he in like a Tony Hawk game or something? He was too, yeah. <laughs> I think it was because uh, Activision had the license for Star Wars at the time. So it's like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put him in Tony Hawk. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, they had Sasquatch could, uh... at some point. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. And it, it, get, it got to the point where every single one of the, the clone troopers in the, the uh, prequel trilogy, they all had a uh, Kiwi accents. Yeah. That was done by him. Yep. I think that carried over to, um, to the, clo- to the Clone Wars cartoons as well. And of course he was recently in the, uh, the Star Wars Battlefront games reprising his role. Yeah. He was also Moana's dad. So that's, uh, that's, that's true. something. <laughs> Maybe not the singing voice, but no, the, the singing voice, voice was uh, George Washington. That's right. That's right. It was. <laughs> and he sounded awesome. Yeah. Chris Jackson. Yes. Um, and I do have to say, like, the consistent highlight of the prequels is uh, Ewan McGregor. Yes. Yes, no, he was absolutely perfect for the role of Obi-Wan. As young Obi-Wan, who um, <laughs> I guess they still haven't shown um, his origin, but I'd like to believe that um, Qui-Gon uh, met um, Obi-Wan when he was uh, detoxing from heroin. <laughs> I knew you were going to yeah. say that. I knew you were going to say that. Like when he was detoxing as a young uh, heroin addict living in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon went from planet, uh, from planet County Cork to planet Edinburgh. And so, <laughs> You're coming with me. You're coming with me. You're coming with me, rent boy. No, fuck. Fuck you, whoever the fuck you are. I choose not to choose life. I choose to choose fucking heroin. <laughs> and then after that, it's like, I choose the light side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just have a movie with you and McGregor as Obi-Wan doing his like natural Scottish accent? Yeah. Well, that's hopefully the, the Kenobi film. Like, please let that happen. <laughs> Hopefully that's the Kenobi film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, I still remember my days as a, as a young rent boy growing up in, uh, in Edinburgh and in Glasgow. Me and my mates used to go to this one fucking train track all the time and just stare at it constantly. I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. You know, the bathrooms in the galaxy are much cleaner than those I have in Scotland. I used to imagine a pristine convenience. (laughs) 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 And and also in the galaxy, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't wind up fucking uh, underage uh, schoolgirls. I don't fuck a wee barn. (laughs) (laughs) 
And in the galaxy, I don't make weird, obscure references to uh, Scottish footballers who happen to score goals in the World Cup. <laughs> oh man, they they should have <laughs> they should have uh, Johnny Lee Miller and the guy who played Begbie back for Kenobi. Oh yes, yes they should. It's <laughs> like a mini a train spotting. Uh, yeah. Mini trade spotting reunion. I like that. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, Richard Carlisle. Yeah. And um, he does a good job. No, yeah. Robert Carlisle. Never mind. And um, um, and yeah, and just have Kelly McDonald too. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't she? No, no, she was in Harry Potter. Never mind. Yeah, she was in Kelly Harry McDonald. Potter. Um, um. <laughs> she was in uh, Boardwalk Empire, and I forgot what else. She was. Uh, she's been in a lot of other things. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, her. She's but good. She's a great actress. But I just want to say, the uh, I think the best moment in episode two, don't get me wrong, there are some good moments, but the scene in the nightclub where it's like, like, hey, you want to buy some death sticks? You don't oh, want yeah. to sell me death sticks. Yeah. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home, rethink my life. But you have any fucking arrow and you best give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) So heroin heroin are called the death sticks in the the Star Wars universe. Yeah, um, that's probably it. Sure, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, okay. (laughs) Hell yes. Hell yes. Good-ass yes, riff a, alert. <laughs> in, a, in a world that features uh, blue milk, I'll take uh, you know, death sticks masquerading as heroin. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Ryan Johnson. Was it necessary for us to see uh, Luke Skywalker squeezing fresh green tit milk from an alien? That was a little bit unnecessary, to be honest. He took like, a swig uh, and just winked at Ray, and Ray just felt uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Don't don't include that in episode nine. Don't include <laughs> that in the porn parody. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, episode three, I. Uh, I'm I'm a bit hesitant to describe episode three as the best out of the prequels because really it's still a mess of a movie, but I feel like it does have the least amount of suck. <laughs> yeah. Like it no, sucks, it, it but it's like evenly distributed. The problem is though, episode three is only good by default. Right. Because the other two are just so bad. Right. Like, episode three doesn't have, like, the weird-ass space diner. It doesn't have, like, the, you know... Oh, the space diner. The fucking, you know, blue elephant stereotype person. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The space diner, it's like... Okay, are you trying to throw in a reference to Spaceballs or something? Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's still a movie that's 
it's it, it manages to be like really long. There's still a bunch of like the the George Lucas dialogue, the fucking you know, people um sit down and talk and like they don't really have any much action. Right. It's also a bit um it's a bit weird to see Yoda jumping around like that. Oh, you mean with all the all the flips and everything? Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently he tries to teach to every single one of his pupils. <laughs> it's like, you know, Oh my god. Have me on your back, you must. <laughs> Perform dangerous flips, you must. Mm. Go into the cave, you must not. <laughs> Master Yoda, you can't tell me what to do. I'm Luke Skywalker. No, do not try. Do or do not. They no, should have had an ep- uh, a scene in episode eight where Ray has to piggyback Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, uh, you didn't see the uh, the the set like photo. His, uh, his, in- his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> that should have been Ridley in the movie. Ridley, yeah, with Daisy Ridley literally mm-hmm. carrying him at some point. Yeah, <laughs> that that's part of the Jedi training, man. I know. Apparently, <laughs> but what if you get a but what if you get a Jedi that's like, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds? Use the Force, Luke. I can't. I'm too heavy. Yeah. Jeez. Um. Okay, Chewbacca was in Episode Three, and also Chewbacca's dad, apparently, but. Uh, it wasn't really clear. Um, uh, his dad, his brother, his cousin is what? Yeah. Well, I guess we might see them in episode uh, solo. <laughs> oh God. Um, but um, but we'll talk about the expanded universe in a little bit because there's, you know, um, yeah. Um, eventually, as we all know, um. Because Natalie Portman's character is not in the original trilogy, she somehow dies, um, despite uh, being a more or less healthy woman. Uh, yeah, and uh, kind of <laughs> the whole kind of negates the whole purpose. It's like you know, it's like Leia. Do you remember your mother? Yeah. Not really. She died when I was very young. Oh, and apparently in Episode Three. Uh, Padme has enough energy in her energy her left to name her her twins. So mm-hmm. She literally just says like Luke, Leia, and then dies. Yeah, and it's like um, it's like uh, how can okay. you fucking remember your mother, Leia? You fucking sure liar. because <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course I remember her. Of course. Yeah, just like I, just like how I always felt you were my brother when we were making out. <laughs> <God>. On Hoth. 
Oh, Lord. Yeah. Lucas, you have some issues, man. Yeah. See, I guess, like, the theory with Ray and Kylo was, like, I guess, like, people were afraid that they were kissing cousins. But, or or even siblings. But I'm like, well, first of all, I think you would remember if, like, a child came out of your vagina. So, she's obviously uh, yeah. not Leia's daughter. Right. But I think, you know, um, a lot of people were banking on, oh, Ray could be uh, Luke's child. Or, or a Kenobi. Or whatever. <laughs> But I, I, I don't think Obi-Wan even fucked, so... No, no, he didn't. I don't... Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, he, he was Volcel, man. He was voluntarily celibate. He had to Voluntary keep... Voluntary celibate. He had to keep his chi for all his force abilities. That's true. He went from a naive uh, farm boy to goth Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's kind of fucked up at the end where it's like um, Senator Organa was like, yes, I will keep the girl. She'll become a princess. And um, like, yeah, always fuck the boy. The boy can be a, fuck, like, can be a shit farmer and tattooing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'll take the girl. You know, we've always wanted a, always wanted a daughter. <laughs> it's like uh, okay and then uh obi-wan takes luke to owen and baru lars oh and guess what owen is played by the uh, waste of celluloid known as joel edgerton yes in one of his early uh, film roles <laughs> why he really is the kiss of death at least he's minimal Mm-hmm. And uh, this is minimal in the Star Wars universe. Right. Um, yeah. So that's basically the end of the prequels. And there's a, there's a tremendous gap between uh, episode six and episode one. So that's right. Uh, Star Wars being actually it's a bit of a pioneer. It was, um, it was one of those movies that was infinitely merchandisable um and i guess it was set up with an eye towards the the films never ending or at least the universe continuing in some capacity so since the end of return of the jedi until uh 1999 there was just an incredible amount of books comics uh video games and yeah i fucking played all that shit I know. We all did, man. Yeah. I remember uh, and on the N64, the uh, Shadows of the Empire. I think that was what it's called. And, I think so. And it had a level where uh, you were on Hoth and like you had to trip the, the AT-ATs. I just remember as like a seven-year-old, that was the hardest shit I had to do. Are you talking about that one or are you talking about Rogue Squadron? No, Rogue Squadron came later, but um, Shadows of the Empire had a Hoth level. But it was primarily yeah. like you played a, a bounty hunter called Dash Rendar or some shit. And Of yeah. course, that's the name. <laughs> of course, that's the name. Yeah. It's like, hi, my name is Dash Rendar. 
Oh, and the bad guy is a green-skinned Asian stereotype, Prince Shizor. Oh, uh, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Um, Great. <laughs> I didn't realize that until later, but then, like, oh, yeah, he had the Fu Manchu and the fleek eyebrows. He was definitely a fucking, like, dragon prince Asian stereotype. He was channeling uh, Heihachi Mishima from Tekken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was basically oh, yeah. the sinister Dr. Fu Manchu. The sinister plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. And who at, one, <laughs> who at one point was played by Christopher Lee. Hell yes. <laughs> that, uh, you know, as much as that's yellow face and everything... I don't know. Um, yeah, well, maybe I shouldn't even give Christopher Lee a pass. <laughs> uh, he's Christopher Lee. Of course he gets a pass. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the novels, you know, there, there's actually quite a few good ones, like the Admiral Thrawn trilogy, who I, I guess he's now a real character in the film universe as well. So he's canon for all intents and purposes. Uh, he's 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 like this blue skin alien who somehow becomes the grand admiral of an M, of an imperial fleet despite them being space racists. But he's right. he's you know he's like the classic uh, Machiavelli type of guy who plots and it's like all according to plan type of shit. Right. But still, he was kind of cool, and he was a really great villain for the Star Wars universe. And, yeah, you know, kind of shows uh, Leia and Han uh, being married. They actually had a more stable marriage than the film universe. Um, I can imagine. And they had more uh, children. One's called, I think it's pronounced Jason. Uh, Jason Solo. And, um, fuck, who was a girl? Can't fucking remember. Um, but they also had a third kid called... Uh, Anakin Solo. Jason Anakin Solo, I know. And uh, Jaina. Jason and Jaina. There you go. Jason yeah. and Jaina? Yeah. Gotcha. You know, now that I think about it, I remember seeing the covers for one of the new Jedi Order um, novels, or maybe it was Legacy of the Force, where, um, plot twist, uh, Jason Solo becomes bad. Um, he's actually drawn pretty similar to adam driver so i don't know if that was coincidence or fate right he eventually becomes a darth cadis yeah so he became like the previous universe's uh, kylo ren right uh, he's the uh he's the apparently he's the cousin of kylo ren <laughs> yeah um so um yeah, in, in the expanded universe, uh, Luke Skywalker fucks, so he has a son called Ben Skywalker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, he gets to fuck a sexy-ass redhead, um, Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Yeah. Um, wow. She is pretty hot. Yeah. Good job, Luke. Yeah, good job, buddy. <laughs> And, um, 
Yeah, there there's a bunch of cool games too, like uh Star Wars Dark Forces, which you played the original uh traitorous stormtrooper, uh fuck uh Kyle Katarn, I think that's his name. This is before um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, and then he became a Jedi because everyone's a Jedi. Um <laughs> and the in the Jedi Knight games, which I actually had a lot of fun playing the multiplayer because that was really one of the first games where you can play as like a Jedi or a Sith and you had lightsaber fights. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which took place thousands of years before the films. Right. Um, which I also really enjoyed. Uh, I like uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic too, despite mm-hmm. the the second game being buggy as shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing it and my computer fucking shut down in the middle of the fight, and I was like, "Fuck this game!" And then the next day, <laughs> I started playing again. <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course. Yeah. Well, it was also cool because, like, the Knights of the Old Republic games, uh, it it had a lot of plot points similar to what Luke said in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, the Jedi were arrogant, which I guess was also shown in the the prequels, that they had hubris. Um, But there's characters like Kreia, who was a Jedi and then became a Sith and became, like, a third uh, position... Um, force person and she's like yeah the force uh, it's it's not really a light or dark side thing it's 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 well it's a force so it shouldn't belong to any one side and maybe for the good of the galaxy no one should be a space wizard which again Luke kind (laughs) of said that where he's like it's time for the Jedi to end it's like let the past die kill Kill it if if you have have to. to (laughs) um oh also speaking of kylo ren um he apparently in like the visual uh encyclopedia to star wars he's a bit of a pussy as a child like he wrote poetry and he he liked philosophical texts um he's kind of he was kind of nerdy well, I guess I, you know, like his emo side came out in the films. I really don't think anything's changed from the novels of the films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that would be. That's that was just gonna make me laugh even harder. Harder, if like there's a scene in Episode Nine where he's lighting, writing like gay ass calligraphic poetry to Ray. Oh my. <sighs> Well, he, like he's writing his own fan fiction or something. He's just like, he's just like playing that song "Desert Rose" by Sting, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> because Sting exists thousands of years ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Far away. He's like my desert rose. Yale, yale. <laughs> no, he, he plays like you know, uh, the uh, empire, the. Uh, that universe's version of every breath you take. Well, he is watching her every every breath she takes and every step she <laughs> takes. Um, Sometimes yeah, I, shirtless. I, yeah, I guess that's what the force bond is. Like he's stalking her all the time. 
Yeah. Sometimes shirtless. <laughs> yeah. That I think really upset the fanboys. What that he was shirtless? That he was shirtless and Ray was like it's like, Oh my god, can you please put a shirt on? Can you get a towel or something? <laughs> but deep down she was thirsting. She was thirsting. The thirst was real. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, why else would she confess her um, mirror cave to Kylo Ren if she wasn't thirsting? <laughs> that is a very, very good question. Yeah. It's, I've never felt so alone. You're not alone. Neither are you. <laughs> and they touch hands and she starts crying. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then Luke's like the RA who just like walks in on, on the, whoa. Uh, leave some room for the Holy Ghost, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? He's like the camp counselor and he's just find out it's like the kids are fucking in one of the cabins. It's like, whoa. Destroys right. the cabin with the force. And it's like, like, whoa, hang in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? What is going on? Stop. That's it. That's the no-no. That's a no-no act. <laughs> When did we confuse Star Wars with the wet hot American summer? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Jeez. I don't know. Is there are there any good pulls from the expanded universe? I think I think we highlighted some of the, the cool stuff, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. But yeah, there's a bunch of comic books too where they really go to like the origins of Jedi and Sith. And it's like, I really love the art style because it's like this weird like space fantasy type of shit. So they dress mm -hmm. like elves from Lord of the Rings, but they have lightsabers. Huh. And like, gotcha. Like the spaceships were like pharaonic barges. And I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, that like makes Jabba's perfect. Ship? Yeah, it's like Jabba's ship, but in space. And it's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's kind of cool, you know, like um, seeing a different take on the Star Wars universe where the elements are recognizable, but it's really, it it's out there, you know? Which yeah. I think most people can agree that the Force Awakens fails to sufficiently like propel the franchise forward. It's it's a right. it's a fun retread, but it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I guess one more thing about Force Awakens: it was really cool to see Indonesian people in the movie. Yes, <laughs> they were kanji club. Which, um, well, kanji are Japanese letters, so I don't know why they were called that. But um, right, the but... the guy speaking alien was actually he's just speaking his native language. He's speaking Javanese. 
I know. And it's the cast of Raid. Yeah, it was the cast of Raid. It was Mad Dog and the and the hero. Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Uh, uh, Raid. I think. Uh, well, the the uh, the actor's name is Iko Weiss. Rob. Rama. Yeah, that's his name. And Rama is the character. Such a badass film. Yeah. Well, another guy in the raid, uh, Joe Taslim. He's in. He was in uh, Fast and Furious. Which one? Uh, the one with Jason Statham as the bad guy. Oh, gotcha. He's one of the. Yeah, he played. He's one of the crew. Played... <laughs> ah, he's one of the crew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and. He was also in Star Trek uh, Idris Elba, um, where nice. he plays one of the creatures. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head what else are, are like good pulls from the expanded universe, but yeah, I I think they really contributed more about what people think Star Wars was about and some of the more cool shit about Star Wars than the actual movies themselves because a lot of the bounty hunter stories about Boba Fett were actually from novels and comics instead of his like 15 minutes in Return of the Jedi. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I never really quite understood how Boba Fett, just from like a small sliver of scenes in Empire and Return of the Jedi becomes like the most popular character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, he's like, you know, imagined as this kind of like badass bounty hunter, but doesn't really come across as that. Right. Um, yeah, and um, I guess we'll go back to the the three that started it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um I can't imagine what it was like as like a child in seventy seven and like seeing this movie and it's just wow, it's so cool. Like I thought science fiction was about you know Leonard Nimoy, he has to fuck or die um, <laughs> in that episode of Star Trek or um, oh, Lost in Space or, um, you know, whatever dumb shit they had before Star Wars. Right. Um, yeah. It's um, And it's easy to understand the appeal of Star Wars, too, because it's kind of like following this mythic storyline that's in that's very epic in feel and in scale as well where you got the classic like child who grows up in the middle of nowhere gets swept up in an adventure and he gets introduced to this larger universe full of wonder and excitement and then there's like you know this cool looking bad guy played uh, uh, voiced by James Earl Jones. Uh, Jones. Um, Jones. 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 Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's a beautiful princess. There's a charming rogue. There's uh-huh. an old guy. There's like two- it has every, 
it has everything you know um, uh, an adventure movie can possibly have and it basically takes on the premise of a Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey. Yeah. I do have to say that, like, the intellectualization of Star Wars kind of blows the hero's journey thing out of proportion. I mean, obviously, Lucas read the book and he met Joseph Campbell, but much of the story was thought out and written before he was conscious of any sort of, like, mythic uh, underpinnings of of the franchise. So... Of course. Yeah. No, he wrote that, though, like, right when he was finished uh, making American Graffiti. Yeah. Um, which also starred Harrison Ford. Uh, it didn't really star him, but it ha- had him in a, a minor role. But it's like, holy yeah. shit, that's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a retroactive uh, recognition of, like, oh, shit, that is, a, that is Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. You no, know. but it's it's amazing that with the original Star Wars, he based, Lucas basically shopped it to every single studio in town, and they all rejected it, except Fox. Yeah. Except, like, Alan Ladd Jr. was the only one that said, you know what? This does sound interesting. All right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We will give you a – how big was the budget exactly for this? Um, I will give you a budget of $11 million, and we'll see what you come up with. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, there's there's a lot of fascinating documentaries already, so I guess we won't really go too much into the behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. But, um, I remember seeing Empire of Dreams. Uh, that's uh, – that goes through um, the original trilogy um, and goes through all the sources and stuff like that. And yeah, it's fascinating, um, the process and all the tribulations that went through it. And I think, I think it's important to note that the original trilogy, George Lucas also did not have as much of, uh, you know, free reign as people thought. Right. It got to the point that by Empire, they, he basically had little involvement at all. Because after the first one, it's like, okay, good job, George. You did a great job. You could still have, you know, creative licensing over all the characters and images and everything. But let someone else do it this time. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's still basically his story. But let's not forget, um, Empire was directed by Irvin Kirshner. And his old, his old, yeah, yeah. Uh, Irvin Kirshner was uh, Lucas's old uh, USC film professor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Return of the Jedi by Richard Marquand. That's right. And I think too. Hmm. Uh, let's uh, not forget that Lawrence Kasdan was involved with the script uh, for that's right for both Empire and Return of the Jedi. And, That's right. You know, he was also a co-writer of Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Force Awakens. Although, like, he was the original writer of the Force Awakens. He said on record that what's on the screen, most of it wasn't in his original script. Yeah. 
I think um I think definitely JJ had a more had more of an influence than uh Lawrence because I think you know we I think we're we're pretty familiar with his work as kind of like a kind of like a throwback guy cuz like he you know he made Super 8 he made other movies and it's like yeah look the touchstones and the references do feel very Abrams and right the story include yeah <laughs> Including the uh, the shaky cam and the lens flares. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess at this point, if you don't know what uh, the original trilogy was about, um, you're not even human, probably. Probably, yeah. Because they've had so much influence on pop culture and literally everything else since then. And that's not an exaggeration, you know? No, it it isn't because literally if you haven't seen Star Wars, you've kind of been living under a rock. Right, right. For the past like 40-something years. Yeah. And um, like we said, um, it kind of revitalized science fiction in the popular consciousness and like let's be fair star trek was on tv before star wars but the original star trek was not as popular as people think it was right um it was actually canceled and brought back Mm -hmm. um but you know to be fair (laughs) it did have a massive nerd following and sci-fi was never actually, you know, dead. It just kind of went out of the mainstream between, um, you know, I guess like 30s style Buck Rogers shit and Star Trek. Right. And then, yeah, Star Wars kind of, I guess it's like uh, the ground zero for like n- nerdism as a cultural phenomenon. Right, but it also uh, like subverted the notion of what a popular film can look like because this film, along with uh, Jaws, was the official beginning of the the Hollywood blockbuster and basically signified the end of the new Hollywood as we knew it. Yeah, and it was the start of like I mean, obviously franchises existed before Star Wars, but Star Wars they was did, yes. kind of like with a conscious effort towards a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately people, a lot of people took inspiration from that and said like, okay, you know, fuck originality. We need to come up with as many of these as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I guess now since 2015, there will be a Star Wars movie once a year till the end of time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Star Wars was, I guess, it's kind of more unique for the time because it was really like a, a like a concrete trilogy where it was like, yeah, it was film with an eye towards more films in a way that differed from something like James Bond. Right. It was kind of seen as like a James Bond film that you could show to kids. Yeah. 
you know, there's there's a right. sense of adventure, and there's there's a bunch of cool shit happening. Well, I mean, the Bond film was also had a sense of adventure as well, but yeah, but it's in not a for diff- kids. in a different style. <laughs> in a <laughs> in, in a different way, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I guess, I mean, we were not alive at the time, but I think people also forget that Empire Strikes Back, that was a pretty divisive installment in the franchise, and that was only the second film ever released. Absolutely, because it's like, wait a minute, now he's Vader's Luke's father? Now what? Yeah. And now it's, yeah... Although to be fair, only uh, only Lucas and Mark Hamill and James Earl Jones actually knew at the time, and they couldn't reveal it to anybody. Yeah, especially not Carrie Fisher. No, no, of course <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I for the pro, uh, for the promo circuit for Last Jedi. Uh, Mark Hamill told a bunch of stories um, from the old times, and yeah, if you mm-hmm. if you wanted to keep a secret, don't tell Carrie Fisher anything. <laughs> right, because she would have told the world. Yeah. So and- yeah, I think even Harrison Ford didn't find out that Vader was Luke's father until uh, the premiere. The premiere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was also contentious because, well, now that we see it as like an episode two of three in a trilogy and like Return of the Jedi, like kind of solves some of the, you know, some of the more bothersome parts of Empire Strikes Back. But when it came out, really, it, the tonal shift between a new hope and empire strikes back wasn't what people expected. Right. No, because it was the first time that you really saw a, uh, like a film franchise kind of shift over, not really turn over a new leap per se, but kind of shift over into a new, like dark and brooding perspective. Yeah. It's a much more like introspective type of movie, I guess. It's kind of, um, I don't know, you know, it's like uh, when people heard there was going to be another Star Wars movie, they expected literally uh, New Hope Part 2 instead of like uh-huh. this, you know, if you looking at the original trilogy as like a song or something it's more of a bridge or like the it's you know it's it's the crescendo it's like it's it's going up to something instead of it being the end itself right hmm And also, uh, <laughs> uh, as much as we say, like, you know, George probably had the story, um, 
written. Like, let's be honest. He had a, like, at this point, more or less what he had was like a general outline of where, like, the universe was going. The finer details he was still figuring out. Because, <laughs> you know, before Return of the Jedi came out, a lot of people were asking why the hell was Leia, you know, going after Han Solo when there's a perfectly nice guy like Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they thought that, but then Lucas uh, threw them a curveball and said, wait, 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 but before you actually say something about that, just know that they're, they're siblings, they're brother and sister. Yeah, and they're twins. Oh, and they're twins. Yes, yeah. but of course. <laughs> and it's like, there's no foreshadowing in episode four, episode five. No, none at all. But then all, all of a sudden, episode six, it just says like, you know, it's like Leia, Leia's my sister. What? Where'd that come from? Yeah. And she's like, I always knew you were my brother. Which makes that scene of them making out especially awkward. Yeah. And I think I said this before uh, when it when kind of like brought up like stupid moments in the Star Wars universe. But between episode four and five, when uh, they were unsure of whether or not they were going forward with a sequel, uh, there was a novel Splinter of the Mind's Eye where it was literally just like Luke and Leia stuck on a planet. And oh, yeah, there were paragraphs of of sexual tension between Luke and Leia. Oh, Lord. They never actually did anything. It was just like, you know, it's uh, implications and, uh, you know, gazing longingly and things like that. And it was like, yeah, there's no way they're siblings until they were confirmed siblings. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> just uh, just now yeah just now um, also shout out to Billy D. Williams who who was the <laughs> only black guy in the Star Wars universe for a while well James Earl Jones right but he wasn't actually on screen no that's true yeah. but yeah shout out to Billy D. Williams like for making that role you know, his own and for being an, a veritable badass doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure Donald Glover, Donald Glover uh, will do a fine job. but I'm sure he will. I just won't see the performance. Yeah, I'm still not seeing it, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Disney. You had something interesting there, and you fucked it up by casting uh, Mr... Uh, no personality is Han Solo. Yeah. And, um, let's see, what else, uh, about, um, well, obviously Empire introduces, um, Yoda, uh, introduces yes, it does. Jedi training, mm -hmm. um, and the conversation between, you know, uh, Luke and, and Force <laughs> Ghost, uh, Obi-Wan. That's right. And it's weird that we're so weird that Alec Guinness didn't want to come back for uh, the other two films, but he saw how popular they were. It's like, damn it, I need to be a part of this again. 
it was just like you know um yeah this is like fairy tale nonsense but the money <laughs> <laughs> but the money yes oh god the money yeah um yeah uh you know what uh from all of the stories that have come out from the behind the scenes, at least Sir Alec Guinness was very professional on set. Um, he was. He didn't, and... he didn't really complain, and he like he did his best with everything. Exactly. And even you know, even Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford have gone on record saying like you know he he was nothing but helpful on set. Yeah. Um. Was it this movie or Return of the Jedi that they started fucking? Uh, no, it was the first film. Oh, was it? It was dur- oh. it was <laughs> during the first film. <laughs> yes, according to her, uh, according to her newest book, The Princess Diarist. During the very first film, she had Carrie Fisher had a three month on again off again affair with Harrison Ford. Yeah. And apparently Mark Hamill was oblivious. <laughs> like, literally showed up at, I think it was uh, Harrison Ford's place, and, like, uh, Carrie Fisher was there, and then he just didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, there's such a sweet boy, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> He's still the... Uh... Naive farm boy that yeah. was eventually like parodied in the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. And you know, obviously, um beyond Empire's like early contentious status, but eventually it was being hailed as uh, probably the best in in the franchise. Um Oh yeah. There was also Return of the Jedi, which um <laughs> like, which yeah uh has has been on record has gone on record to be called the third one yeah um <laughs> which you know uh i suppose by itself it's not as it, it's not fair to say that it, it's still it, good movie but again like some of the oh, decisions it's, a great film. it's just wow i love how even as like you know a fully blown jedi knight you know luke still has that uh before they had that battle but he still has that talk with his uh his father basically like trying to convince him you know to turn back to the to the light side of the force and vader almost tearfully admit admits like you know like it's too late for me yeah that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess every male child, um, I guess uh, people's first lesbian fantasies, too, probably. Uh, Carrie Fisher in a chainmail bikini. Oh, yes. Yeah. The, in- the infamous gold bikini. Yeah. Um, yeah, Slave Leia was every boy's fantasy <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, um, there's no denying that yeah 
And Carrie Fisher even recounts a story how uh, she went into a convenience store one time and the, the guy uh, like, <laughs> the, the guy behind the register, he looked, took one look and he, he just goes like, you know, are you? Yes. Weren't you in? Yes. <laughs> and he said to her, it's like, I thought about you every day from when I was 10 until I was 22. Mm. Four times and a day. And then he's like, it's like, it's like every day. It's like, well, four times a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah. <laughs> was there, was there an, uh, an equivalent thing in, um, the prequels? Uh, oh yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> Anakin, like saying to Jar Jar, it's like, you know, I've thought about her every day since we parted. Yeah. Um, it's like, but was like, uh, Natalie Portman sexualized or something? She wasn't really sexualized in any way. There's the, there's the scene in the, uh, like the G the, the Geonosian, uh, Coliseum where, uh, like, you know, she's fighting the monster and the monster, like, you know, tears at her outfit and it gets get just gets ripped in half i guess that's about it mm-hmm. um well um i guess in the sequels if you count kylo ren shirtless as the sexy scene um episode nine <laughs> will take care of that i guess so we'll <laughs> i know i keep saying we'll see what happens but it's true we don't know what's going to happen for another year yeah um uh, and uh, yeah um beyond uh the chainmail bikini the gold bikini um also i i i kind of i i, I was kind of confused about how and why exactly the empire built a second death star right because it's been three years since, uh, well, it's actually been six years since uh, the events of the first film and uh, and Return. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just want to create something that was that looked as imposing as the original Death Star. Yeah, but I mean, I have no idea. I was. Just kind of, it, it seemed like it was tacked on at the end. Right. <laughs> it did feel it was tack, <laughs> tacked on. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, I think we mentioned um, sand people as Arabs. Um, I don't know what the stereotype was in the second one, but um, in, in the third I... one. Um, Lando's co-pilot. Um. Oh, uh, what's his name? Nian Nun. Nian Nun, yeah. I think he is obviously supposed to be a Vietnamese person. <laughs> He's like, you know, short, and he talks like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was oh like, my God. yeah, it's uh. I think that's what he's supposed to be. 
okay. I don't know, maybe ask uh, Richard Marquand or uh, Lawrence Kazdan what the... <laughs> it's, the it's still George's story, so there's there's got to be something I, I, suspect in there. George is just chilling at Skywalker Ranch right now, like rolling in his billions. I do have to say, um, uh, George Lucas pissing off his rich neighbors is probably the best thing he's done recently. <laughs> probably yeah um people in marin county are upset uh, about like those pores moving in and george lucas just like built a bunch of land and then sold it for a lower price and and built like apartments and shit so people can actually live there instead of just right. assholes it's like and all of his neighbors are probably saying like you know by Jove, this is most unorthodox. <laughs> you know, if any of his neighbors happen to be stuffy British conservative. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and uh, episode three, uh, episode six, rather. Um, of course, there's Jabba the Hutt, as people remember him. Uh, Jabba the Hutt originally was just like a guy in a costume. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, George just decided, uh, let's just let's just literally make him like a, like a sleaze slime ball. Right, pretty much. He basically looks like what your prototypical Hollywood producer looks like today. Yeah, it's like a man. Pretty- uh, yeah, like a slug, and he's just like he's just trying to lick uh, Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia yeah. defenseless, and he's just like, Ugh. like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what's up with his monkey too? The one that just oh, laughs all the time. Oh, sal- oh salacious crumb, yeah. yeah. Oh, are they gonna right. have an anthology movie about that guy too? I'm pretty sure they're gonna have an anthology movie about everything. Yeah. In the future, like those uh, those musicians at the Mos Eisley Cantina. Oh hell yeah! With the classic. Yeah. Do you do you remember when they added the weird musical sequence to Return of the Jedi? I'm trying to forget. I I remember the tapes didn't have that. No, the VHS tapes did not have that. It, I then, think it was only when it came out on like DVD. DVD. Yeah, I think when yeah. when I got it on DVD, that scene came out. And like, no, no. <laughs> Just why, why, Lucas? Why are you destroying your own creation? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I guess we'll we'll go right into it. The most contentious edition uh, were the Ewoks. Yes. Oh my god. And it's just like the the amount of visceral hatred people felt for the Ewoks is something I really don't understand. Right. Like I mean, I guess yeah. it's, uh, you know they're 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 a bit cutesy or um it, it's kind of silly that they managed to kill a bunch of the uh stormtroopers but i don't know man um 
you just think of them as like a plucky forest tribe, then it would essentially be the same thing. They're just not teddy bears. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that Ewok celebration it still cracks me up, though. Um, oh, yeah. It's like everyone dancing all like, chuku chaku, chuku chaku. It's just like they're dancing with these three foot teddy bears Puppets. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure uh lucas called up his buddy uh jim henson and said you know what you know what my movie needs we need a uh, sentient uh tiny uh teddy bears yeah um yeah you did such great work with the with the frog uh, jedi master so uh yeah what about what about some teddy bears in the woods Right. <laughs> oh my God, the fucking Ewoks! I'd say what you will about them, but at least they're uh, resourceful. They are. Um, I don't know. I don't have any strong opinions about the Ewoks, to be honest. Neither do I. I didn't really mind when I was growing up, and I don't really mind now yeah but so much hate yeah yeah which i i really do not understand where this is coming from i don't know um i guess it's more people finding a way to bitch about something probably um yeah uh I guess if you can try and pinpoint something in the original Star Wars that kind of sucks, it'd probably be that. Um, even though it's not, it doesn't really suck like that. But yeah. But right. I think, you know, um, we did talk about the holiday special in our Christmas episode. That's right, we did. But, you know, I guess the question of whether, when, and whether or not Star Wars sucks. It does depend on how you consider the Star Wars universe and like, you know, for the longest time, George just couldn't leave well enough alone and kept fucking with the movies. Until Disney literally said, okay, we want, look, look, George, it's not that we don't like you. We think you're great, honestly, but here's the thing. As long as you're still involved in this, you're going to keep putting your own shitty mark on your own production. So how does $4 billion sound to never work on Star Wars again? And by God, he took it. He took it. So, yeah, you know, um, I don't think any of us except the actual children who were in the theaters in 1977 have seen the original Star Wars. Right. Because I think even by the point um, it was re-released in the 80s and when it came out on home media, it was already fucked with. Mm hmm. Exactly. But, you know. Despite everything that that Lucas has done to try and destroy his own legacy, Star Wars will easily go down in history as probably the best 
movie franchise ever. Yeah. Um, and it took a long time for any other movie to dethrone like Star Wars as a franchise, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, again, we said like the influences are still felt in pretty much every form of media. And also speaking of the expanded universe, um, it's also one of those properties with a very, uh, for the longest time, a very consistent um, r- rule for how things counted and how things didn't. So, right. Uh, you know, there's the the top level is the G canon or the George Lucas. Uh, pretty much whatever he said uh, is correct. Um, and he can contradict any other level of the uh, franchise. So, like, if the television said something is like that, but then he goes back to the films and says, no, it's like this, then right that applies. Um, and for the most part, the books, the comics, and pretty much anything with a Star Wars level, usually, uh, Star Wars label, usually counts but it, it counts on a lower level than the films themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you can choose to accept it or choose not to, but a lot of the great things that people love about the franchise, a lot of the things that people tend to ascribe to the franchise were actually coming out of the, uh, you know, the books and the comics and the games. So that really helped build the universe into what people loved. Right. Um, Right, but then again, you you also have moments uh, from the, not only only from the original trilogy, but from the prequels and the new sequel trilogy. While some people may love them, others may, like, vehemently hate them. Right. And even, like, taking into account, like, the canon rules for as long as it applied, um, a lot of people did think that the prequels were very like they didn't want it to apply basically mm-hmm. and yeah it was a franchise that had a enormous fan culture about it and i don't think any movie before that really inspired the kind of like fanaticism that star wars continues to have mm-hmm Yeah. Hmm. So I think the question is, I think we kind of have to speculate now. It's like, where does it go from here? Yeah. Like where does, um, where do you think episode nine takes us? Minus the, the porn route, obviously. Well, you know, they're, trying to divorce themselves from the original trilogy more and more. So I think that's a good thing. And Ryan Johnson said that his trilogy will have a different set of characters and will take like a different outlook on the universe. And that's a good thing. Like I obviously the star Wars franchise is tied to the Skywalker family, but mm-hmm. on some level it's nice to, see the films going forward and exploring other parts of the universe. Um, mm-hmm. 
what they're doing right now is that they're trying to make the universe more consistent. So instead of, you know, this counting for that, uh, unless superseded since 2014, everything counts. Everything is supposed to make sense. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I haven't really read, read like a lot of this stuff, but some of the comic books are pretty entertaining, like one called Dr. Afra. Um, she's like a archaeologist that works for Darth Vader, but then strikes out on her own. Um, okay. It's a pretty fun read. Huh. Um, there, there's a bunch of other, um, there's a Poe Dameron comic, which is also pretty good. I haven't started, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the thing that I do want to say is at the end of the day, Star Wars is a fucking movie. Yes. At the end of the day, none of this shit happened. So whether something counts or not is just the silliest fucking question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, who gives a shit about, um, who gives a shit about like whether or not like like whether or not this it's canon or anything like whether this is canon whether that is makes sense it's like if it doesn't then you can just ignore it you don't have to write essays about it i know it's like all of a sudden everything has become sacred in the eyes of star wars fanboys we must protect it at all costs yeah and and i know like you know, um, comic book movies also get a lot of shit for like uh, not really adhering to comics canon, but right. at the same time, like comic books are really stupid and they've had 80 years of history. So trying to make that consistent is just a nightmare. <laughs> exactly. You're bound to have inconsistencies, you're bound to have continuity errors. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, think of it this way like a story has uh, like hundreds of people telling it right so mm -hmm. a movie like Rashomon was the first movie to kind of like do the oh it's from this point of view it's from that point of view but um, yeah I guess they're all versions of the same story so yeah if you want hmm. to consider like the last jedi a bad movie then feel free to do that and it's like you know um that's your choice but at the same time like trying to declare it non-canon is i don't know it's like you're taking something way too seriously uh-huh um and if you're trying to get last jedi non-canon um might as well have uh you know the prequels and the empire strikes back stricken from canon because neither of those were consistent with a new hope exactly exactly and i'm so upset of like all these professing you know, star wars fanboys getting upset over like the li the littlest thing like the tiniest detail oh like uh, the uh <laughs> the color of this building is uh, slightly off from how I remember it. It's like, whatever, man. Yeah. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. Yeah. This is not endemic to Star Wars, obviously. You know, like there's 
there's these legendary internet flame wars between Star Trek fans. And at the end of the day, like, okay, like, you can be obsessive about this stuff and like, yeah, it's cool to learn the trivia and shit, but like, it's a fucking show, man. Like, it is. It's, it's not like this incredible piece of human achievement. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like, you know, there's value in the creation of these television shows and movies, but come on, like, just calm your tits. Right. I don't know, man. There just seems to be too much of an emphasis. There's too much of a obsession almost between certain films and their characters. Like that, like we actually know them like in real life. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people tend to identify with the media that they consume as children. And also, Mm -hmm. um, we live I don't want to say this fucking thing because like it's so funny because of all these damn memes. It's we live in a society where people really um, it's it, like consumerism has taken over everything um, and mm-hmm. what you consume is your identity. And apparently nerds are a, a, an oppressed uh, group of society. Mm-hmm. So like every single slight of uh, nerd culture is perceived as an attack on someone's identity. Right. (sighs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, got episode nine. Coming out next year, we got a solo coming out this year, and the Ryan Johnson uh, unannounced trilogy that's gonna come at some point, and every other anthology and like, sequel film to follow. So, yeah, like you said, um, we're gonna keep having uh, Star Wars films ha- have until the end of time. Yep, and. I don't know. I mean, it's not going to end because obviously uh, people are paying money to see these movies. So, yeah, for the foreseeable future, let me see. Um, hmm. Lucasfilm was considering various films about different characters, including movies focusing on Boba Fett, as well as Master Yoda. And... uh, Guillermo del Toro, of all people, pitched a film idea about Jabba the Hutt. Oh, my God, no. Um, Samuel L. Jackson has expressed interest in returning. That I would see. Um, Ian McDermott also expressed interest in returning as Palpatine. Um, Sweet. Ahsoka Tano, who was in the cartoons, uh, uh, fans have expressed interest towards seeing a movie about that, which... Again, I, the concept is probably fine, but uh, the execution is key. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Apparently, Liam Neeson is also interested in returning. 
Um, he wants to come back, really? Yeah, reprising his role as Qui-Gon Jinn. And <laughs> Joel Edgerton, who played uh, Step Uncle Owen, Owen said he would like to reprise his role in an Obi-Wan standalone film if it were to be made. Please, no. Please, just no. Yeah. Just no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, more than anything, you know, we'll always remain fans of Star Wars, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still reading the comic books. I'm still playing the games. Um, I mean, I wrote my own fan fiction about it, so it's, yeah. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing more of that in the future. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, there's Star Wars Hotel coming soon. Oh, yeah, I read about this. Disney That's going to be at Disney, where apparently when you walk in, you basically get your own uh, backstory. Nice. You become a character in the Star Wars universe and you get your own backstory. Nice. That's the kind of dumb shit I would love as a child. Yeah. I probably still would, to be honest. I'm not hating on that. <laughs> I'm not hating on it either. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you live in California and you haven't been to Disneyland and gone on the Star Wars shit... Time is now, probably, because I think it's just going to get is... more and more fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, when you're at Disney, when you go there, go on the Star Tours ride, because it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, I went on that when that was open. That was fun. Uh, too bad that they was didn't pretty continue cool. with that. I know. Why? No idea. God damn it, Disney. Um, I guess there's a nighttime show now in Disney World. Yeah, and there's also the uh, like the Jedi Knight Academy in a Tomorrowland, that show they do. Yeah. Um, Is that the whole thing that I they do? So. Uh, I think they might have been... Uh, the switch with something else like it's been expanded or maybe replaced but um it's kind of a trip to see like stormtroopers break dancing or twerking that was just like what in the fuck is going on (laughs) i don't know no i remember i took my cousin to disneyland and like the star wars people were going on and the stormtroopers were dabbing what? Yeah. Wow. For the culture, man. For the culture. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for Star Wars. Um, yeah. I'm actually glad we finally did an episode about this. Me too. Um, this this is a huge part of my life, despite all the shit I talk about it. Um. So yeah, um, looking forward to see how they end the sequel trilogy. Um, yeah. I you know a lot of people are saying J.J. Abrams uh, uh, got uh, are getting the movie is getting the trilogy back on track, but. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of interviews where he's saying like uh you know he's kind of like the architect and like he was aware and he's let's not forget he said like he read the script to last jedi and said he was so disappointed that he's not directing it right so all the shit that you, you know, that you thought was stupid he liked it i know <laughs> <laughs> so put that in your pipe and smoke it exactly um yeah final thoughts final thoughts uh <laughs> kids if you're a fan, enjoy the films, but don't spend your entire life, you know, obsessing over every single detail. Just enjoy the films for what they are. It's just, you know, fun adventure movies. Yeah. There's no use arguing about it to um, Lucasfilm. Um, and even if, like, you know, episode nine doesn't turn out the way I thought, I think it will be. You know, it's it's still a Star Wars movie, and mm-hmm. um, I I'd rather live in a world with Star Wars than without it. Right. Um, yeah. So this has been another episode of Questions Like This. Uh, my name is Aristo, and I'm Alex. And yeah, I guess we'll see you all next time with. Some shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll figure it out, folks. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.